Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner Wade Chessman, president and wealth advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Well, glad to have you back on the Money Night Podcast. I'm Ben George along with Wade Chessman, who is a certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. And today, Wade, all of our attention going to beneficiaries and the mistakes that people make with these. And I don't know that I would have necessarily thought of that about that many mistakes with beneficiaries. I just thought, hey, you know, you create them, put them on your list and that's it. But there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that, right? Sure. Yeah. Something you really got to be conscious of. It's something that we typically, if not every time, we certainly review on a regular basis beneficiary designations because they're an important part of a well thought out uh, state plan, part of your retirement plan. Yeah, no question. So we want to take you through that today and just make sure you're not going to ruin your retirement plan by making any of these five beneficiary mistakes that are pretty commonly made too. So we want to bring to your attention and, and, and explain why they can uh, damage your retirement if you're not careful. So that'll be the goal today on the show. Chessmanwealth.com is the website. We'll put the podcast up there if you want to go check out the show notes or go back and listen to any other podcast. We've covered a ton of different topics in the financial planning, retirement planning, estate planning world. So make sure you check that out uh, when you get a second. And if you have questions, again, you can call 214 214- Five seven two, two one two zero. Let's begin with uh, minors. Naming minors minors as beneficiaries. Wait, when you name someone under the age of eighteen as one of your beneficiaries, what what's the problem there? Well, the biggest problem is that those people under eighteen haven't reached the age of majority, so they technically cannot receive assets. Some of your IRA custodians will have some options in there, but from my experience, it makes things really messy. I had a friend who's passed away. He had named his two minor children as beneficiaries of his life insurance policy. Well, they were minors, so they couldn't go get the funds. The only way that they could actually get to the money is if they went to court and got a guardianship appointed. That's expensive and it's time consuming and it can be difficult. So in that case, what they ended up doing was just waiting until they reached 18. And then when they turned 18, they both got a pretty sizable sum of money. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Ben, but most 18 year olds, I know, you know, when they get half a million dollars each or something crazy like that, that's not (laughs) maybe what probably was intended. No. So it it can cause issues in that regard. So that's one thing I'd say. And then when it comes to retirement plans and things like that can just make things messy. It's usually not a great idea to name a minor. There's other ways to do it so that you, they could still benefit from the money, but but do it in a way that avoids having to go to court and making things more complicated. So anytime you name a minor, you really got to make sure you think it through. I'd say in general, it's not a good idea. Okay. So that's number one, um, coordinating your beneficiary designation with your will. This is one I think that you know not everybody's aware of, but it's so important to know that that how that plays out, your beneficiary that you name versus what's in your will and what actually wins out. That's so true because, you know, a lot of times people put a lot of thought into their will or their living trust or their, you know, whatever, typically a will or living trust. You know, they think about, okay, who do I want to receive these funds? Um, where, how do I want them to receive them? So for example, 
if something happened to Diana and I, the money that my that my kids are to receive is not going to go to them. At least most of it is not going to go to them directly because they're both young. They're in their 20s. It's going to go to them in trust. Okay. And that someone else is going to be the trustee, in this case, my brother, and he'll help, he'll help them manage the money and he'll give them money based on their health, education, maintenance, support, things like that. Well, if I, if my life insurance policy, for example, if I named uh, them as beneficiaries directly, then they would get the money directly and there would be no, there'd be no safeguards around it, no protection around it. They would just get the money. Mm-hmm. So it's important in my case, for example, that my the beneficiary of my life insurance policy, the primary beneficiary is Diana, but the contingent beneficiary, in my case, is trusts that are set up for their benefit. So, but if I didn't think that through and I didn't think about the implications, and I could all the work that I've done in my living trust and my will would be would be blown up because it didn't match, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that. The wishes and things that you want to do overall, you don't upset those or mess those up by doing something different with those assets that pass via beneficiary. And there's quite a few, right? 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, annuities. There's even uh, transfer on death, payable on death designations that you can add to accounts that would then, again, bypass your will. Now, you may say, well, would there ever be a case that you'd want to do that? And there, there is, and I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say that you want to leave, and this is where charity, for example, comes into play. Let's say you want to leave money, Ben, to your favorite charity. For me, let's say I wanted to leave money to Compassion International. Yeah. Right? But I didn't necessarily want to put that in my will because you know that could change over time or something like that. So I might use a beneficiary designation to name Compassion as one of my beneficiaries, um, because I can easily change that and change the percentages. And as time goes on, maybe as that account goes down, I can. So there is, there are occasions where you want to use tools or use those accounts that have beneficiary designations to make, to do some planning that isn't necessarily in your will or trust. And I think charitable giving is a good example. Ben, let's say that you wanted to leave me some money okay, okay. in your will. Or let's just say you wanted you had a cousin or a nephew you wanted to leave a little bit of money to, but you didn't necessarily want to put it in the will. Because, yeah. you know, if you want to change a will or a trust, you've got to do either a codicil or an amendment. It's not super easy. I mean, it's not impossible, but it's not as easy as filling out a form. Yeah. So instead, what you did is you said, I'm going to leave 10, 10% or 20% of my IRA as an example. That would mm. by, That would bypass the will, but it's easy to change. So that's another example where you might want to do that. But most of the time, what we see is people making beneficiary designations that don't jive with their plan. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. This is a big one. You definitely want to review as beneficiary. This is a good podcast idea because you want to talk about these issues. Yeah, you absolutely do. Which is why we're doing that today here on the podcast. Why we're doing it. And takes us to number three way, which is... You know, failing to name an alternative or a successor beneficiary. Why is this so important? Well, let's use an example. Let's say that Diana and I are on a vacation. We're flying together and something happens and plane goes down and we both die. So, well, she's my primary beneficiary. So now she's not around. 
So if I don't have anything, anybody listed after that, then it's just going to go to my estate and that's going to cause some issues. It's going to make things a lot more complicated, which we're about to talk about as the kind of the next topping point. But that's, that's an example. Let's say that you named uh, a beneficiary and then that beneficiary passes away. You want to have somebody in, to back up that person. So let's say you have your brother listed. Well, what if your brother predeceases you and you don't get around to changing the paperwork? It's nice to have a backup, again, to avoid issues down the line. So contingent beneficiaries are really important to consider. And when you're looking at your beneficiary designations, that's something you want to look at as well. So there's there's a good reason to have contingent beneficiaries. And most good estate planning attorneys will give you specific instructions on Here's what you want to do with these types of assets. And typically what we'll do is we'll take those letter of instruction and we'll we'll help you make sure these are implemented. But you just you do need to review it from time to time. Yeah, no question. Should be reviewing these consistently. And uh, Wade can help you with that if you're not doing that. All right. right, a couple more here as we go through five beneficiary mistakes that could spoil your retirement plan. Naming your estate as a beneficiary is our next mistake. Yeah, because then you just you you take a, an account like an IRA that's that can avoid probate, that's a lot cleaner, and you make it a probatable asset. I, I there's probably reasons to do that from time to time, but you know take advantage of the fact that these do have beneficiaries, so you can avoid this type of thing. And so going back to the last example, if Diane and I both died and we didn't name a contingent beneficiary, then you know, our kids would eventually get it since they're listed as beneficiaries of our wills and trusts, but it would just make it a lot more complicated and a lot less clean. So uh, typically, we typically don't recommend that as either. Now, some people do that because they don't have anyone to leave it to or they don't know who to leave it to. And we can talk about some other ideas. But that's definitely one I would really give some thought to if that's what if that, that's how you have yours. You might want to consider some other options. We can and we can talk about ways to things to think about. Okay. Uh, last one here on our list, and it seems pretty straightforward, but always a good reminder to be checking up on your beneficiaries and just making sure that you have not made any errors on your application. Yeah. I think that goes without saying, you know, just make sure the information's correct. I mean, typically if you've got their social birth date in there, it's fine. Sometimes people get married or divorced and you would, it's a good idea to go back and change the name, although I don't typically not critical, but it's a good way to do it. Um, so yeah, you want those documents to be as accurate as possible just to clear up any confusion in the event of your death. Say, Ben, I think there's a sixth one that we could talk about too. Okay. And that is, I don't think we talked about this so much, but that is changing beneficiaries when your life situation changes, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you're getting divorced, you've gotten divorced, someone dies. Don't just put these beneficiary designations on a shelf and forget about it. I had a client the other day who had their 401k contingent beneficiary was his brother. And he did that because his kids were young and he, he thought, hey, maybe I could, maybe that would be a good choice. But the kids have got, I'm not sure that would have been the best way to do it anyway from a state planning side. But nonetheless, his situation has changed. His kids are older. They're, they're doing well. So it made sense to change it. But if you just put it, that form in a shelf and you never review it, then, you know, you might make, make mistakes. There's been cases where people have failed to make beneficiary designation changes and 
people have received money they didn't want to get the money. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's a mistake that we see people make too, is not making, keeping these forms up to date when your life change, situation changes. And how often um, would you say you should be reviewing your beneficiaries? Is it just something you do every year, every few years? We do it every time someone comes in for a their annual review. Okay. We have a document we pull up that has them all listed there. And we just take a look at them, glance at them, make sure everything's accurate, and uh, go from there. Awesome. Well, if you have questions about your beneficiaries, want to have uh, you know, go through and have those reviewed by the team at Chessman Wealth, just want to go through your overall plan, call 214-572-2120. Or again, log on, chessmanwealth.com, and uh, wait, happy to help. But again, go to the website, too, and anything you have questions about, a specific topic or planning item, there's probably going to be some resources there on the website that can help you out without having to call. And, uh, and and it's such a great tool for anyone looking to just learn more and to continue to educate themselves like we try to do here on the podcast. So again, chessmanwealth.com, but follow up with Wade for any questions that you might have. All right, Wade, uh, as always, good conversation, uh, an important topic indeed, and I'm glad we went through it. Thanks, Ben. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Money Night Podcast for Wade Chessman over at Chessman Wealth Strategies. I am Ben George. Have a good week. The opinions voiced in Money Night with Wade Chessman are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Monday night are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.